I feel like, no, I don't know what my question Chicken is. Chicken tonight. I feel <laughs> like, um, no, I'm going to cut this bit. Hi, everybody. Hope that you are all doing well. This is Fair Curtis coming to you from my humble abode. I hope that everyone is having a gorgeous week. So I'm just coming to you at the top of this episode to explain a little detail which may or may not confuse you. So this episode was technically meant to be episode two. We recorded episode one and episode two on the same day. And since then, someone went and did something pretty cool and ended up being a guest on the Tommy Tiernan show. So last week, we interrupted our normal broadcast to bring you a behind the scenes look at Karen's experience on the Tommy Tiernan show. So this week, which is episode three of 2024, was meant to be episode two. So at the start of the episode, we keep saying, this is episode two. It's not, it's episode three. But technically it was episode two. I'll let you decide which episode you think it is. Um, Either way, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Reimagining Ceremonies. A podcast by Entheos. I'm Karen Dempsey. And I'm Fred Curtis. And we're here to start conversations about reimagining ceremonies. Welcome back to Reimagining Ceremonies. So we are here in City Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, we In the first episode, we said this will be our last record in City Sanctuary, but we actually think we'll get a few more in. However, episode two, this is episode two of 2024. And to give you the behind the scenes, it's the same day as episode one. <laughs> So I am still in my hat. We're still freezing. We're still in our blankets. We're still cold. Um, And we've had a suspiog. And we are jumping in to episode two as part of our new way of recording Mm -hmm. that we want to stay consistently with you and in your ears. Um, And we have learned about ourselves that getting ahead of ourselves is a positive thing. And also, I think a positive thing... For Leah, who does all the social media <laughs> clips. <laughs> She'd be editing this being like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort yourselves out. Um, <laughs> and what's cool, I was going to say last, in the last episode, I said, you know, if you go onto the social media, um, Leah's very attentive to it. So she'll pick up on all the messages and stuff. But Leah is traveling the world. So mm. she may be answering you from, mm. you know, Australia, Bali. Bali. Yeah. So that's kind of cool to know. Yeah. Um. So it's the same day. So we've officially done the how are you? Yeah. But um, Karen, how was it recording that first episode back? Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, I feel like we covered so much ground. Yeah. And that was just the tiniest little whistle drop, whistle drop, <laughs> whistle mm-hmm. stop of um, January. Yeah. But it's the loveliness is... All of that is front-loaded into the year in January, but that's going to spread now. It's not like last year, I feel like every month was like that. Every month, so, many, so much new stuff happened that it was like, I, honestly, I was like riding along on a horse with no saddle. Yeah. Um, clinging on for dear life, knowing that this horse is going in a direction that I wanted to go, but I don't know if I'm going to be still hanging on by the end of it. Yeah, Where totally. now it's like, now the horse is a saddle, a lovely saddle that we were able to invest in and... Yes. <laughs> Um, oh, here I am in the metaphors. I can't speak in the metaphors. <laughs> but um, everything just feels that little bit more. The horse is a little bit unpredictable still, but it's, yeah, it's, it is going along with us rather than trying to kick us off the back of it. Yeah, um, definitely. So 2024 has lovely plans in place, even at the very beginning, to be able to actually look at the months ahead. And I'm going to own that I have a personality that is not naturally inclined to do that. I, I have a way of being in the world that is like, resp- people talk about living in the present. I literally live in the present because I do not look beyond the, end of, my, the end of my nose for yeah. what's coming next, yeah. where I'm realizing running an organization like this, yes, you have to look beyond the end yeah. of your nose and plan. And, but, and I'm not even saying that as a negative because that really worked well last year just to lay the foundation for this year. Yeah. So even at the podcast, you know, we are planning it out. We're being much more... Yes. 
steady about it. Um, and conscious about what we're yes. talking about, which we have always been. And yeah. actually, there are a few episodes that got dumped because, yeah. <laughs> you know, there was even a day in here that we went to record the next episode and we sat down and we're like, no. Yeah, it's there, not there's, there. We're, we're just going to be pulling stuff out. So we do consciously want to be recording, but I think what we've both realized is you got to put your little bit of thinking in before yes. and not just show up on the day and be like, oh, what will come up today? Yeah, There's yeah. got to be the anchors, which is what I tell all my podcast people that I get to collaboration work with. So it was kind of like last mm. year towards the end. It was like, oh, I need to follow. Yes, those because rules that's what myself. I'm going to say, Frank. That was only towards the end of the year because we actually did that really well last year we through did. our episodes. We did. But we got to a point, as you say, towards the end of the year where we were like, okay, what we've said so much to do, what are we saying now? Yeah. And rather than just waffle. <laughs> we just let it know. be. Yeah, we let it be there and we didn't record. And was 14 beautiful episodes last year. Mm. If you haven't listened to them and you're only joining us this year, please yeah, go back and listen, listen to them. We've grown since then. Yeah. Um, but there's some gorgeous conversations that still stand uh, between the two of us and with other people. And we had such amazing guests last year. We had year. incredible guests. We yeah. were... <laughs> blessed with guests. Very, very blessed. People said um, yes that we couldn't believe said yes. Yeah. It was like, oh. Yeah. So yeah it was, and to it was special. Guests. And everyone that we got to sit down and chat with, oh my God, like just, it was a privilege to get that time with them. Yeah. You know, it really was, even if it wasn't on mic, the fact, and that's the great thing about podcasting is inviting someone into your space and just getting to spend that time with them. You know, it's it's really yeah. I must remember that that's what I love about podcasting as well yeah. is that you can grab someone but then you create this space where I think everyone kind of opens up in their own way yeah and their generosity in actually it's incredible giving time out of their own really busy lives to come here to actually come to City Sanctuary mm-hmm. and sit with us and share their inner world it's yeah. amazing and I think every single one of them amazed us yeah about Maybe we had expectations of where we were going to go. Yeah. And each one of them just amazed me about yeah. where they, they took us. Yeah. And it was it was incredible. So I think we definitely have at the forefront of our mind that we want to bring um, some more incredible people into this space yeah. um, and chat about many, many different things. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, like we, we spoke about in the last episode... Um, to please reach out to us and you know not like not necessarily it's about giving feedback but just giving like be part of what we're doing here mm, communicate with us communicate with us and who who would you want to hear from or yeah. what type of conversation would you like to hear and then we can kind of go who would be good for that conversation and there will be episodes where it'll just be the two of us and um what would you like us to discuss you know you I hope you know us a little mm. bit well now. And what does reimagining ceremonies mean to you? Yeah. What are you curious about, you know? Because because then that could open up another conversation where it changes our opinion. Mm-hmm. But before we go down all those tracks, today's episode is, it's so funny saying today's, today's <laughs> double episode for us, but separate for you guys, is you people. <laughs> um, is... We're going to discuss the old and the new. Mm-hmm. So we are going to, we are reimagining ceremonies. Mm-hmm. We want to anchor ourselves back in why we called the podcast Reimagining Ceremonies. And we want to discuss how some of the old traditions in different faith paths can be brought into your ceremony, but you can reimagine them in a way that they feel familiar and safe to you but new and exciting and maybe more resonant with who you are as a person now. And that's some of the elements of um, weddings or funerals or baby namings that you love. You can bring them into a new type of ceremony. And that's what we can do here at Entheus. Um, So where do we begin? Well, as you say that, Ferg... I am brought to mind of the similarity between reimagining ceremony and remembering ceremony. 
Love that. Because um, I think very often when, a, when somebody or a family engages a celebrant, they're doing so for the guidance of that celebrant. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, the experience and skills of the celebrant, lovely. But what I love to remind families of is that they already know this. They already have their answers. We just really help facilitate them in bringing that forward and shaping it into a ceremony. So um, the essence of any ceremony, regardless of faith path or not, or who's holding it, um, the essence of any ceremony is the feeling, the feeling that the person wants to bring into it. So in a wedding, um, it's around commitment. The, f- the feeling, the value, the kind of core essence of the ceremony. Not Karen Dempsey going with a wedding I analogy know, before a funeral <laughs> analogy. <laughs> <laughs> and I even as I go with the wedding, but you see, I'll go on a different angle. And the most unromantic wedding ceremony, ceremony you'll ever find. But um, the core of a wedding ceremony is union commitment kind of a thing. And I'm not even saying love because sometimes love might not be the core of this ceremony. Yeah, fair uh, enough. You know, there's all kinds. I think it's, it's, and that's a part of it is that it's really important to um, remember the diversity in reasons that people approach any ceremony. When I say that, I mean, usually there's some form of love at the core of it, but it might not be romantic love that we associate with weddings. Hearts and flowers and romance and first kiss and you know, confetti. Sometimes for a couple, it's extremely practical. And they're saying, we have, we're life partners. We've been together for a long, long time. Um, and actually, we need to get married because our relationship needs to be recognized in law. And I'm mm-hmm. going to be straight up frank and say that, you know, that sometimes that is, mm-hmm. that is, and I'm not even saying sometimes, very often that is the case. And people want to have an elegant ceremony with gravitas and um, simplicity. And we will lean into that with them and we will help them find what is it that they're actually, what is it that they want represented in their ceremony? Um, I've gone totally down the side road there of uh, not romantic love, but I really think it's important because I think we've, we've gone too far into the saccharine side of weddings. Um, you know, hearts, flowers. Yeah. Um, I feel like I am, love. what I'm learning is I am a little bit about the romance. <laughs> yeah, that's good though. Which as well. I love. <laughs> so you can bring the non-romance yeah. and the practicality. Yeah. And I'm gonna be here to say love is love. Yeah, I'm prepared that <laughs> but this is really important. Really, really important because in our organization, when we're training celebrants, what we're actually training celebrants to do is to know who they are in themselves. Yeah. So that they can draw their people towards them. Thousand percent. And I, so it is watertight, this approach. And I, who I am in myself, draws my people towards me. Because if somebody wants hearts and flowers, I don't think that, about, I mean, they're not going to see that really reflected in, of course I do, it's a celebratory wedding thing, but yeah. I don't, you won't see that on my social media. You won't see the, uh, you know, animated heart coming up around a pair mm-hmm. of wedding rings. And, you know, and some celebrants are all about that. And that is, that is the richness of it because... There is a massive space for that. That is so many people's reality is I'm yeah. so excited, couples, you know, I'm so excited to celebrate my love for this person. I wonder, 100%. we're going to go off tangent now, but <laughs> I feel that when you were talking about drawing the people towards you that resonate with you, um, I feel like I get to, uh, all my couples are very different. Um, they're different people. They have different relationships. They've arrived at, um, this marriage space for different reasons, as you've just spoken about. But I feel like I resonate with all of them in different ways. And they maybe are drawn to me or I'm drawn to them um, because something within us, we know we'll be able to create the ceremony that that is personal to them. And I feel lucky that by training in the way because I didn't come to the training space as a celebrant um I came as a tentative person wanting to explore but not being sure whether I wanted to be a celebrant and now I'm obsessed (laughs) (laughs) um but like I feel because I trained in that way I've had and I've only been in the game a short time but I've had a really lucky period 
um, of all the couples who've come to me, I've been like, these are my people. These are people I'd be, mm. they're part of a gang that I'd be in with them. Um, and I felt very lucky um, in that way. Yeah. Um, and I do feel that that comes from the training because I've really trusted the right people are going to come towards me. Um, and I've had to balance the decision to do this on a more full-time basis and then lean into putting the pictures up on Instagram, mm-hmm. signing up to um, websites in order to be visible and seen and balance that thing of being visible and out there in a more commercial way, mm-hmm. but equally trusting that the right people are going to come to me. Yeah. And it's so funny, every time I get off a call with a couple, I get this feeling of, oh, I want I, I want to be part yeah. of their day. Yeah. And that's always when I know they're the right person for me, whether they choose me or not, because, you know, it's usually just a half an hour call. But I always get this sense of, oh, and I love that. Yeah. I've never not had that yet. And again, that's what I feel very lucky in. Yeah. And but that's really a core part of the training with Entheos. And I say this for couples that are listening, maybe thinking about choosing an Entheos celebrant. A core part of the training is deep self-awareness. Because when you're aware of who you are and what you're about, as I said a few minutes ago, you draw the people towards you who also resonate with those values. Yeah. Whereas other ways of training focus on putting yourself out there as a celebrant. But actually it can be quite generic, just putting the celebrant persona out there. Yeah. Um, and I notice a lot on social media, um, and I'm going to say this with love, because people, people that are out there as celebrants can take from this what they might or might not want, because, I mean, who am I? <laughs> but here you go. Um, but I find sometimes there can be quite a generic persona put out there by celebrants in their, in their presence in the world. Mm. You know, uh, stock photos from Google of two hands with rings on them, and usually a young male and a young female looking hand. <laughs> you know, able-bodied, slim, white, all these. And we're going to go slip down the road of heteronormativity here, which I always end up down. But, you know, and when I say heteronormativity, I mean the standard shiny magazine picture of what a wedding couple looks like in yeah. this world where, um, you know, slim, white, able-bodied, male, female. Um, and when people do that, if just say if I'm a celebrant setting myself up and I go, you know what, you know what couples want to see when they're about to get married? They want to see two hands with rings on them. And, and, and what they're thinking is they want to see archetypal images that represent wedding ceremony. But actually, that's not what couples want to see. They're planning their wedding ceremony. They are bombarded with that at every angle, every wedding magazine, every every show they go to, every ad they look at, everything is all showing them all of that. And there's no personality in it. Mm. What couples actually want and need to see is a, is the personality of the people and the suppliers and the brands or the organizations or the companies that they're engaging with. They want to know who they are, what are their values, yeah. what are they about? And then that helps them choose who's right for them. So... In our training, it's about getting to know yourself, getting to know what you are about in the world, what you want to bring to the world, who you want to work with, what values resonate with you. Um, and of course, I mean, I'm not saying you niche, niche, niche down into, you know, you serve five people. Yeah. But they're just the, they're the touchstones that people can find when they actually are trying to make choices. Yeah. And when people have shown that to the world and have been more visible in that way, they get possibly fewer inquiries because they're getting fewer tire kickers who are just throwing out, you know, and I don't mean tire kickers, that sounds wrong, but, you know, people that are throwing out an email to 20 celebrants versus people that are going, oh, actually, I like these five celebrants. Yeah. You know, I will email these and then I'll decide. Um, so, yeah, I just, I think the more a celebrant shows of themselves, the more they are serving the people that are seeking them. And then yeah. when the connection is made, when the celebrant is able to help the couple or the family siphon down into what is it that they want to bring, what's, what's front and centre important to them. Some, for some couples, it will be the love, the love story. For some mm-hmm. couples, it will be our children. For some, it will be our pets. For some, it will be, you know, uh, the commitment that we're making to one another. We've been through really tough times. And, and like one thing that I include in ceremonies is I feel like I kind of maybe did myself an injustice earlier on about the unromantic side of things. I still will stand over it. I don't, I'm not really into the whole romantic thing, but I am really connected with 
um, the reason this couple is standing here. Yeah. That's what I want to tune into. Why? I, I ask every couple, why this person and why now? And why mm. marriage, you know? And that will tell you. And even they may maybe haven't consciously brought that forward. Um, but they will have a reason oh, why they're marrying. Oh, I'm stealing that, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because the minute you said that, I'm like, oh, I'd never ask questions like that. Which makes me be like, maybe I'm not romantic. But, you know, <laughs> so you kind of bounce back but and forth. True. But actually, that's a great question. And, so, and I tell them to take it away and think about it because I wouldn't put them on the spot yeah. now. <laughs> and sometimes what they say on the spot is actually interesting too. Yeah. But, um, and some celebrants will give 20 questions all about la 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 la. Actually, why this person? Why now? Why marriage? Even just why this person, why marriage? Um, yeah. Will really help them to focus down. And that's the service that we're providing is we want to serve them yeah. in deepening their relationship. And yeah. It's interesting what you say about the kind of commercial side and having your branding up. Because mm. I definitely would say I have a celebrant uh, Instagram page that I very much, I don't know what I'm going to use it for, but at the moment it's more of a lookbook. Um, that a couple can just go and see different types of ceremonies, see some words I've written, see me in action. But it's 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 branded, you know. Mm-hmm. It's definitely I, I went and I got to work with a lovely person, Louise McSherry, um, who's a designer, and she she came up. I gave her colors and ideas, and she helped me kind of create celebrate with Ferg. And it's very much this branding thing. And at that time, I was like, oh yeah, I, I need to do that. And then when you're talking about show yourself, I always make sure that there's either I'm in the photo doing something or I'm in the photo reacting to something or the couple are reacting to me. So hopefully anyone looking at it will know the experience that I might be able to give them. Um, And then just to go off on a little sideline, as you were saying that, I was like, God, I'm so grateful for the photographers Mm. who capture those moments and then allow me to put that on my Instagram Mm. Um, cause I show up, I don't, I'm not great at using my phone on the day and I don't want to become great at it because I, I really want to stay with my, like, you know, within my script before the ceremony and, you know, meet people beforehand and all that stuff. And, but some of the photographers that I've gotten to work with have captured these like really interesting moments and they mightn't be the most flattering photos <laughs> but they they capture what I am trying to do within that ceremony and I'm just every photographer has allowed me to use some of their photos and pictures and yeah I'm really grateful for that because I feel that that when I go on and look at my lookbook Instagram I'm definitely can see the branding and the stuff that I've linked lent into on the commercial side but because of those photographers I'm like oh I'm getting to show a side of myself mm. as well so it's kind of about like yeah definitely playing a line but yeah I I am not a huge fan of separating out the two yes of which you, I know I've said to you loads yeah you've said to me loads <laughs> only for but, but just because of people because I feel that people and have I such personality it, that, yeah but and I don't even mean this just about you but very often people as well and this I'm allergic to when people separate weddings and funerals um celebrant wise I really don't like that because I just feel it's unfair sometimes okay there you go maybe I, maybe this is going to send a criticism but like why would you separate why separate them out um and I don't, I'm not asking you to answer. You, you don't. This is, but um, I will answer from, oh, from my point of view. Well, I don't separate the funerals and the weddings because I basically the Celebrate with Ferg Instagram page at Celebrate with Ferg, <laughs> if you want to go follow commercial. Um, it's just weddings at the moment. And mm. it, we had that discussion and I asked your advice and, and you've also said, I really think you should just put it on my other page, like my personal page, which is public and it's not necessarily a personal page. Like I share singing and cabaret bits and um, podcasting bits there. And amazingness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wanted to do the the lookbook and I, I totally see your point of it. if a couple went on and went through my personal page and like oh I did that wedding that wedding that wedding oh cool cool and he does this as well I totally see that they would buy into the entire thing um but for some reason I just had in my head that I want one space 
that a couple can go to and just look at what they're wanting. And I have my other page tagged so they can go on and see but it's everything more, What else. I'm talking about there, though, is separating weddings and funerals because what you're really, what's happening there, and this is not about fair social media, this is about what I've noticed in other <laughs> celebrants. <laughs> but, um, Drag me. But, but, it's, but it's not you, no, no, because I feel like you think that that's what I'm saying. No, I don't. But, but what I, I don't, mean is, um, but it feels like some celebrants <laughs> separated into happy ceremonies and sad ceremonies. And that's what I feel is unfair because not every wedding is happy. Um, I'm not going to say not every funeral is sad, but you know, they all, the, the ceremonies, life's milestones Every one of them comes with a mix of emotions. Mm. Weddings carry sadness. Funerals carry joy. Baby namings carry sadness and joy. You know, and people, that's not an overt thing, especially when I said about baby namings. I feel like people are going to go, what is she talking about? But actually, when you celebrate a baby naming, for the family, there may have been pregnancies that were lost. Um, for people that are there as guests, they may be having, the, you know, an infertility journey. or get, So there's all yeah. of these. The great, to me, the, the essence of ceremony is being able to hold all of the great contradictions of life. And so when I see somebody maybe that has, you know, weddings with Karen and funerals with Karen on two separate pages, yeah. I go, oh, I feel like that's a missed opportunity to go ceremonies with Karen. Um, yeah. And it's all in there. And I say that as well with, you, f- you see very little, you might see a selfie of me at a crematorium. The nature of, cere- of funeral ceremonies as well means that they don't lend themselves to social media in the same way because no. obviously discretion is so key. Um, so again, a social media page that is just dedicated to funerals, it's going to be difficult to populate it. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, we've got yeah, a yeah. Total, total sideline here of social total media. Total sideline. But it's also about you know, how different celebrants approach their work. And I think that's for families is probably an important thing to just check into. Yeah, how does the person yeah. represent themselves and what do they I bring? I don't think there's any right or wrong way. Yeah, it's no, just, no. it's what feels right to you because I definitely agree with everything you're saying and throw it on the one page, share everything. Like, because that's what you're doing when you're coming to the space as a celebrant. Yeah, you're bringing yourself. But and not share everything either. Just And not share everything, yeah, of course. Because sometimes as well, I see some people overdo social media and you go, oh my goodness. Um, I just sometimes I think an intimate moment can be really interrupted by, especially for somebody in a celebrant capacity, putting a camera in somebody's face and asking them something. Mm. Oh, sometimes I think, oh, that's very, it feels very jarring to me to, to watch that. So I, I say all of this with the caveat of always respecting that it's, it's the family space, um, not, yeah. not ours, and everything by consent. I think that's so key. And I'm only yeah. saying this just to, just so that I'm not listening back to this episode going, oh my goodness, I didn't say that. And it sounds, it sounds like I'm saying, put, every, you know, put it all out there. Really all I mean is put, put your personality into what goes onto your page. So even if it is a lookbook, you're, but you're exactly saying your personality is in there and this is how. Yeah. I think that's the main, don't hold your personality Find back. Find your way of doing it. Yes. Stock know. photographs don't show your personality um, and don't actually serve anybody because nobody needs to stock photos everywhere yeah but things even rather than a stock photograph of two wedding rings a flower that you see on your morning walk with a reflection that you might use in a ceremony is so much more of a gift to a couple or a family than the standard you can do a hand fasting in your ceremony okay well maybe hand fasting you can personalize yeah you know there's certain things that if some, I see people copying and pasting off Google, you know, and oh, don't do that. Give give your take on your it. Your take, yeah. Your take. It's similar to when you're writing the ceremonies is that like what I've tried to do is come up with my own uh, wording when I talk about hand fasting or, yeah. you know, a ring ceremony and be like, okay, this is the tradition. This is what I've explored. Um, and this is what I've spoken about with other celebrants. I have a great group of colleagues who are so willing to share um mm. their experience and their expertise and they will share their words and sometimes I'll be like oh amazing and I can feel them in it and then I'm able to put me in my description mm. or equally which I have done gone back and been like I love what you said there yeah can I steal it lovely turn of phrase for a ceremony yeah and that's the thing that's a real skill ceremonial language Because using that slightly, and I'm going to say elevated language, but I don't mean elevated in a highfalutin way, but language that takes people slightly out of their everyday uh, mindset. Yeah. That 
there's something really precious in that, that a skilled celebrant is able to use language in a slightly different way to every day. Yeah. Um, and I, and I still mean with simplicity, um, I really don't like when there's loads and loads of big words thrown in there to make it sound. Because, you know, separation is, is tricky as well. I think the celebrant role is to be with the, the people, with, you know, in the ceremony, in the ceremonial space, reading the energy, reading the, the vibe and using language that reflects the kind of the space in the room. Um, mm. And it's a bit these, of a magical thing, you know? Yeah, I think these are all really interesting questions because they, I think, will challenge everyone and I think that's what Entheus is about as well, is challenging mm. yourself and how you reimagining and mm. how you approach your work and how you approach, I don't know, your social media and how you approach your community incentives, how you approach everything is that not what like, you know, not what we say here. Like, mm. this is why we're like, please reach out to us and, and give us your feedback and thoughts is because. I want to learn more. And even with you speaking there, just about something so simple as put everything about ceremonies out there, like the picture of the flower mm. and a reflection. Like make, I'm like, make oh ceremony my, where yeah. there is no ceremony. Yes. Yet. I'm like, oh my God, that's Created. beautiful. And it made me go, God, I could have so much fun with my social media. So yeah. I'm hoping that these conversations that we're having, people are listening. Also people who are not celebrants yeah. who are able to be like, I'm going to create my little ceremony at home. Ferg, do you know what is the most beautiful ceremony that I don't think people really appreciate is the setting of a table or the mm. making of a, a pot of tea yes. with particular cups, with a pot, with a jug. You know, just simp sometimes you go into somebody's house and they create a ceremony that they don't even realise is this, I mean, it's, they're not consciously creating a ceremony, mm -hmm. but maybe they do the same thing every time. You go into your granny's house, maybe, and they have this particular teapot, particular tea cozy. They pull out a plate of biscuits. And the familiarity of that lodges in our bones for life. Yeah. And that's what, when we talk about re remembering ceremony and reimagining ceremony, what we're doing is drawing back that bone deep memory of ceremony and ritual yeah. that has gone back since the dawn of time, since people were ever able to mark occasions where like a wedding ceremony, since the dawn of time, people have been choosing a partner, um, one, two, whatever number, um, that they choose. And that that is the person that they choose to be by their side in life. They don't know what's to come. But what they do know is, regardless of what's to come, this is the person they want by their side, come what may. Yeah. And that's the essence of the wedding ceremony, for the most part. Um, and it's that ancientness that we want to focus on. And all the extra fluffy bits are all grand. You know, they all will make, create a ceremony in different ways. But really the core of the ceremony is what needs the, needs the focus and the gravitas and the love. Um, and then we bring that out and that's your ceremony created already. Yeah. This is your person. You are standing in front of your inner circle of your nearest and dearest. All of these people who you've invited to be here because of the role they play in your lives, mm. you're going to stand in front of them and say, this is my person. Yeah. And that's the beauty to me of the wedding ceremony. And then the hearts and flowers can all come after. They're icing on the cake. But um, yeah, that's, that's the real core of it. And when you come to do an end of life ceremony, that's again, the real beauty of it. But the tricky part is that this couple does know what's to come. Yeah. And still they're marrying one another. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. You know, so keeping the focus on why are we here? It's never going to be about the fancy love story yeah. or about the flowers or about, you know, um, that's the essence. Even though those parts are enjoyable and yes, lovely and enhance yes. the day. Yes. But I think, yes, you're correct. It's remembering the essence and the core of it. So those parts feel even more special yeah. than just standing up and reading someone's. I love reading. I know you don't do the love stories. I love reading don't them. Don't tell that. My couples don't realise I don't do the love stories. Because the good thing is Oops, they feel... sorry. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> I, I'm joking because I say this in training all the time. I'm so... Like, the whole love story thing feels to me just slightly... Up. Anyway, it's not my thing. It is for lots of people. We've had this... We've had I, this thrashed out so many times. Do you know why I love it? Because how I do it is I ask each couple to send me a voice message on WhatsApp separately on their own and just tell me their side of 
kind of going back mm. to your questions of why this person, why now, why marriage? Um, and I asked them to do that. And like voice messages are so important to me. It's how I connect with so many of my friends who live abroad. And I get to listen to these people separately talk about their loved ones and say the things that they mightn't even say in yeah, front of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I get to jigsaw the two love stories together. And what I love about it is because I like to bring the sentiments, the humor, the, you know, the little bit of slagging to catch them yeah, out so yeah, they can have yeah. a bit of banter and watching them on the day hear each other's words and what they've said about each other. I just love it. Yeah. And the, even the crowd having a bit of crack and having those moments of, oh my God, this is why we're here. Yeah. That's yeah. why I love it. Yeah. And I mean, as you say that, because I do ask those questions and I mm. incorporate that into ceremony. Uh, what I really mean there is I don't do it. Now we're going to have the love story. Yes. It's all the way through rather than in one place. And yeah. Yeah, so I think that is, yeah. that is really beautiful. Um, like the couple's voices are really important through the ceremony in yeah. all the various different totally. ways. Um, but yeah, what, were we, was I saying something? I can't remember. We've gone to... We've gone on a, the love story kind of. We've cut, yeah. Well, and, and some people as well are allergic to the idea of a love story. They'd be like, what? Like, we, we just, we've been together forever and, you know, there just is say, no. Can big, you say that again? Because oh, I was talking over it. Because some people are allergic to that because it'd just be okay. an easier edit. Because the other thing is, some couples are allergic to the concept of a love story. Yeah. If you were to say to them, oh, tell us, you know, or, <laughs> they're, they're like, we don't, that's, you know, that's not us. We don't really have one. We met. Um, you know, we we like the look of each other. We yeah. moved in together, we're, and here we are now, and, and that's it. And and the, it could feel very intrusive because yes. to try and somehow craft a love story out of that. Because yeah. what are you doing there? Who are you serving? If you think you're going to gift a couple of love, not I don't mean you <laughs> again. It's like for Fergus, like. <laughs> but like sometimes I get people that are saying, you know, ah, but everybody has a love story. But that's a really important thing to really reflect on. What do you mean by love story? What do we mean by love? Yeah. You know, um, and yeah, it's not a question that has an answer. It's just to like, to be really mindful of not imposing that. Because again, the whole Google but, world of... Putting, sorry, just yeah. to Google world. Yeah. But just to say, you might not be doing it through words then. And you might be doing it through some of the rituals that they yes, love or some the of the symbolism. poems they so yeah. it's about finding how the couple wants you to show their people why they're here today yeah. and it mightn't be through their story exactly that yeah, might they be might that need, might be private not, to them yes they yeah. might not need your voice to do that yes exactly because the, the exactly as you say the music they choose the words mm. they choose the poems they choose yeah the vows they share all of this is the love story yeah. in the couple's own way. And then if they want an additional layer, um, perfect. But the ceremony itself tells a beautiful story. Yeah. And, and I love as well, different couples, the choices that they make. Some couples will go for the, um, the hearts and flowers style poems and readings. Other couples will go for the, we are two individuals who are going to continue our lives as individuals bound together in marriage. Yeah. Um, and some couples will go with um, the funny, lighthearted poems and readings throughout mm -hmm. um, in different and in different ways. So their voices will be represented differently through, yeah. you know, one might choose the first poem and one might choose the closing poem or the way that might go. Yeah. It's really fascinating how people represent themselves through the medium of ceremony. And we are so blessed to be able to actually create that, oh hold that God, space yes. with them. Google. So Google ceremonies. Also... The whole thing as well at the moment is, at the moment, um, celebrant, not a celebrant, is a friend going to be a celebrant? Are you going to hire a professional celebrant? Yeah. All these questions. We live in the world now where anybody can go and Google wedding ceremony script. And I'm also kind of allergic to this whole script thing. Um, not allergic, but getting too bogged down in the script. You can Google that, copy and paste, insert names, la la la, and there you go. Anybody can stand up and, ha and have a script. Yeah. Um, celebrants probably going, don't tell people. <laughs> but of course, you know this. Yeah. Um, and amazing, because you might have somebody who is, you know, an uncle, an aunt, a family friend, whatever, and they are well able to hold this space. Um, but that, this is why the script is the least important part of the ceremony. Because anybody can do that. What, what people actually... What we need in people holding ceremony is not a qualification. It's not a certificate. 
It is the ability to stand in the space with other human beings or to be in the space with other human beings and share and facilitate that emotional connection. Mm -hmm. That is what makes a celebrant, not certificates or trainings or anything downloaded from Google. And we live in the world of AI as well now, which is also very uh, interesting from a ceremony perspective, but it's interesting and not interesting because really it's the same as Google. You download a script off that. It's what the person in the role of celebrant brings to the space that counts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just coming to mind, actually, somebody did email me recently and say that they've been asked to um, hold a ceremony for a friend of theirs, and they're not, a, uh, in inverted commas, trained celebrant. Um, but they asked for my advice, and I said I could back to them, and I completely forgot. But the thing is, I can't actually give anything beyond this piece, which is probably important, which is bringing your wholehearted self to that space is what counts. Yeah. not the script. Um, because the script can just be the most basic piece. You can't go too far wrong if you have an introduction, a middle and an ending. Yeah. You know, and a, poems and readings and a bit of music. Um, and but Justin, the person is what you want to connect with. Yeah. In the and Justin, you saying that is, it's, and I always say this, I don't show up to any sort of ceremony and put my cloak on and begin. Mm. I show up and I begin. Because it's a choice I'm making and I have to consciously make it sometimes. But that ceremony is part of everyday life. And that I'm choosing to do this as a vocation. Mm -hmm. And the more I lean into my own practices and my own way of showing up for myself and showing up for people beyond it being a job, the better I serve when I'm in that space of working with people or collaborating with people or yeah. facilitating a space that it, I completely feel the difference and life gets in the way and life is manic, but you just, you show up every day as a celebrant because as a celebrant, you show up as yourself or you yes. try to. And you can't go wrong then if you're showing up as yourself. Yeah. If you're honest and if you know who you are, what you stand for in the world, you can't really go too far wrong, you know? Yeah. You will draw the, those people towards you who resonate with your values. And yeah. if you go, like I wear my politics on my sleeve on my social media. Here I am sitting in a, in a kufia. Um, I wear my politics on my sleeve so that people know who I am, so that they don't get a shock when they go, oh, she's as left woke snowflakey as they possibly can come yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. because I want people to know this is my worldview and I want to serve people that have a similar worldview to me um, so that they know that they have somebody who aligns with their values yeah, the totally. and there's other people to serve the people who I mean of course people have the completely opposite values to mine or beliefs to mine or mm-hmm. whatever and there's people for them too you yeah know? exactly I think that's what's important is that we don't get generic celebrants there's space for everyone yes yeah, and oh, there is space for everybody, and that is so important because, as, in the back of my mind, Ferg, what's happening? I'm thinking oh, it's going to be all these celebrants who maybe listen and go, "Oh my God, the, the neck of her <laughs> saying all this. The neck! <laughs> who, who does she think she is? <laughs> there could be. I mean, I'm fair enough, um, but I think that's what's really important is that we, yeah, we all just find who we are and what we kind of stand for and believe in. Um, and we all do it our way. And, oh, and we can all be different and within the same community as well. And yes. You oh, know, absolutely. Yeah. Within Entheos, we have, yes. like, we do not have, uh, you don't come in and train to be a cookie cutter celebrant, you know, so no. within, we're going to have celebrants within Entheos listening going, well, that's not what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And good, you know, because that, that's what makes it all unique. Yeah. But also the piece I was, wanted to get to there too was about, there sometimes could be a sense as well from within the celebrant community that people go, oh, there's too many celebrants now. And the, the term, the market is saturated. Yes. I just roll my eyes to the back of my head because firstly, if you're, th- and I, but if you're thinking of this as a market, okay, then yeah, you're going to be it's saturated because there's lots of people thinking of it as a market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if this is a line of work, I mean, you use the word vocation there, Ferg, and we use ministry as a word, um, where you're in this line of work because of what you want to do in the world, what you want to bring and who you want to serve and who you want to be with, then you will always have people who are drawn towards you for, your cere- for the ceremonies that you bring. Mm-hmm. Then people can download ceremonies off Google all day long. They can print them off AI all day long and you will still be able to fund yourself to live your life 
as a full as a as a celebrant because you will draw the people to you who want what you do and nobody else can do that. Um so I think that really really is key, you know. Yeah. Our people are out there. Definitely. And the more we share of who we are, the more people will come towards us and find us and yeah. and know who we are. I want to wrap up with two things. First, what old tradition in whatever faith path, whatever type of ceremony, do you love to bring forward in a reimagined way in your ceremonies today? Okay. Can I say two? Yes. So Imagine I said no. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would say okay then. I'll <laughs> say for the next one. Um and which will I bring first? I'm going to bring hand fasting first. Okay. So I, if I'm sitting with a couple about the ceremony, I will say, I, you know, the only two that I include actually as the conversation really are hand fasting and unity candles. So they're the two I'm going to say. Okay. I'm going to start with hand fasting because um, some couples will up, for, they usually have a sense themselves of yes, they want to include it or no, they don't. Um, so if, they, if their gut instinct is not really that interesting, I don't even tell them about it. I skip it. But the reason I bring it is because I love the essence of the hand fasting ceremony, such an ancient ceremony from Brehan, under Brehan law. And under Brehan law, marriage was an incredibly fair contract. And that's what I love about it is we lost so much when we lost Brehan law. Um, but under Brehan law, equality was the core of the marriage ceremony. There was no, nobody stood to materially gain from marrying each other. Mm. So, and that was a really key part of this. And it meant then that people married each other by choice. They weren't, it wasn't for property and land and yeah. domination or any of that. They married each other by choice. And under Brahan law, in the act of giving their hand to the other, in putting their hand out to this other person and taking their hand, that symbolized the choice by which they give their hand to the other in marriage. In full freedom, of who, knowing who they are marrying and why. Mm-hmm. So in a, in a ceremony today, when I invite the couple, if they choose to marry the other, that now at this moment they might take a, put out their hand and take the hand of the other in, in that choice. So there is a moment of real choice happening in real time in front yeah. of their guests. And then the hands are bound together. And I would usually say, you know, people say, what do you use? Of course, it can be a ribbon or it can be whatever. But I also say it can, might be a scarf. It might be a tie of somebody who's gone before. You know, it might be two grandmother scarves tied together into a long piece. Um, people can use anything they like for the hand fast. And it doesn't, it's, it doesn't have to be this fancy tying of bows and, you know, knots and da da da. The simplicity of the, the taking the hands in choice and binding them together um, is a really lovely piece. And they can, of course, do the knot at the end if they like. But I'm trying to do a whistle stop tour as well of this. So that's, yeah. um, that's why I really like the hand fasting ceremony if the couple feel drawn to it. And the other one I tend to mention is the unity candles, because again, we're reimagining ceremony. Candles and ceremony go hand in hand. Yes. Um, all kinds of candles and all kinds of ceremonies. Unity candles within Irish kind of culture, um, it's a very familiar, uh, very familiar ritual within the wedding ceremony. So under the unity candles, in the unity candles, the couple will each light an individual candle to represent all the light and the love that they bring to the world as mm-hmm. an individual. And then later in the ceremony, they take the, the flame from their individual candle and together they light the unity candle yeah. to symbolize the beginning of their married lives together. But I also like to, generally I will light a, re, invite the couple if they wanted to light a remembrance candle towards the beginning of the ceremony mm-hmm. to honor and remember all the members of both sides of both families who've gone before. And it can be really nice then if they take the flame from the remembrance candle and use that to light their individual candles, because in that way they're bringing mm. all those family members with them. That lights their individual candles, and they carry it forward into their unity candle. And if they have children, maybe that they want to include, they can also take the flames and light little tea light candles for the children. Maybe they're expecting a child; they might want to light a little candle for this person who's going to join their family in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's different ways that we can reimagine the unity candle ceremony in a very modern way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're my two. I love that. Unity candles and hand fasting. I think um, what I'm actually getting from this, 
after 14 episodes that we've already put out in 2023 <laughs> is reimagining ceremonies is just going back to the root of what the ceremony actually yes. means. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Because we're still with the essence of all of the ceremonies. Yeah. Just reimagining them a little bit. I love that. Breathing life into them and making sure they don't get stale. <sighs> yes. I want to say before we finish up that we did touch on this in the last episode that we're going to do these mini episodes that are very much um, facilitating a space, creating a ceremony within a podcasting platform um, and seeing what that brings us uh, in the next while when we come to that space. And it could be from three minutes to 10 minutes. Um, it could be a reflection, a poem, a story, a piece of music. It could be anything that you may find in a ceremony. It might be something that you would not find in a ceremony that we're showing you how it can be a ceremony. Mm -hmm. But I want to mention it on this main episode because when we go to that space, we're not going to give any kind of explanation. We're just going to start it as if we are welcoming you into a space so we won't kind of be describing and you know, and this is why we're doing this and this mm -hmm. episode is about this and we're going to do more. Um, and the reason for that is I think sometimes people want to press play and instantly be brought in to a space um, or a meditation or and whatever. With that, it's probably useful to say that if you're going to engage with one of those, maybe get yourself into a space yeah, where great. you can engage yeah. with it, with a little ceremonial moment. Yeah. So get yourself in a ceremonial space. Yes. We maybe give you a time idea. It'll usually be about five minutes, I would say. Yeah. 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 It'll be brief. Yeah, we're going to we're going to be free with them, but we're definitely not going to make them long. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also a way for the reason I brought this idea forward is because I want to invest more in actually ceremony being part of everyday yes. life. Yes. And podcasting is my everyday life. Yes. So amazing. I'm like, this is how we can create a little ceremony. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll leave it there. And you can have a ceremony with your teapot. Yes, I love that. Your tea or your yeah. coffee or your whatever warm drink. While listening drink. to one yes. of the mini episodes. Yeah, maybe treat yourself to a little cup or something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I would like to give a little encouragement and reminder, yep. if you may, and have the time and space to give us a little rate, review, subscribe, or um, hop on over to at Entheus Ireland yes. on Instagram and um, have a little engagement with us. Yes. And Entheus.ie is the en website. No, it's, Instagram is Entheus.ie. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we changed it. Sorry for it. Oh, they didn't tell me. <laughs> so we updated it slightly to match the new website. Check it all out. Go everywhere. There you go. You can do that part from now on in case yes. it changes again. And you're. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't change now. Well, we put enough heart so and soul into the website. This episode has been dragging, dragging <laughs> how I do ceremonies <laughs> and not no. telling me information I need to know to pass on to the yeah, listeners. Sorry, Ferg. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. <laughs>